Welcome to another Axe Church podcast. Glad you're with us today. My name is Hunter Croft, and I'm on staff here at Axe Church. And if you're new with us, uh, we're glad you found us. You can check us out. We've got a lot of podcasts and sermons out there. Um, check us out at www.axecamus.org. But today, um, we don't have, it's usually just me and our pastor, Dave Robinson, talking. And I say usually about 75% of the time. Um, but we're in a 25% of the time type of week. Today, I have Kristen Wire with me, who's also Hello. on staff. And we have someone new to the Axe Church podcast. It is uh, Pastor David's son, Ethan Robinson. Go ahead and say hello. Hey, guys. What's up? And he is uh, one of our youth students here. You are 15? Yeah. Yes. 15 years old. You are 15. Going, going on, on 15. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I don't Just, but I'm pretty sure it's 16 going on 17. But yeah. I changed it. Oh, well. Yeah. You're in that time of your life where you can make... You can make that song work for any year you're in, because as long as it ends in teen, you're good. Yeah. So you've got four more <laughs> years of that. Um, and uh, so you're going into your sophomore year now? No, junior. Junior, junior year. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to keep up. So yeah, we're glad to have uh, both of you with us today. Um, we're going to talk about, appropriately, we're going to talk about um, our youth experiences growing up. We all grew up in, in the church. Um, we all have experienced youth group growing up, but all have experienced different youth groups growing up, um, have different perspectives on that. So we're going to be talking about um, how we interacted as as youth group members or um, just kids that were around church and what we liked and what we didn't like and the things that we were going through. Um, so I'd like to start with, uh, Kristen, just uh, a quick description of, of how you interacted with church as a as a youth as a youth youths um so yeah i went to youth group um for most middle school and a little bit of high school not a lot not a, not a lot um i grew up going to the village church in dallas um which is a pretty big church well at the time it was not as big as it is now um but i really loved going to youth group in the summer because we did this thing called the village games and so basically they would divide our whole youth group into like different colored teams and every week we would play either like athletic games or do these giant scavenger hunts and basically compete all summer it was like this giant tournament um and so at the end of the year whoever won like the village games they got like a huge pizza party and ice cream and got to hang out with all the youth leaders and stuff so that was always something i really looked forward to in the summer and i always thought was a lot of fun um I didn't always go when it was like soccer or like basketball games because I'm not that competitive, but we'd also play like dodgeball or like I said, we played this game called Bigger and Better. So we all started out with a car air freshener and then we had to go around the neighborhoods to do like different parts of the neighborhoods and knock on doors and trade people this air freshener for something else. That's funny. Um, and I think the team that won that night started out with an air freshener and ended up with a foosball table that stayed wow. in our church building for the longest time. I don't know if it's still there. I hear about people like getting legitimately good items out of yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my team ended up with like a lawn chair or something kind of lame. <laughs> my my friend in college played this game just within the dorm and he started out, and this is a pretty small dorm. I think there's probably 60 guys living in there. Yeah. He started with a pen and he ended up with an Xbox. That's so cool. I have no See, idea how dope. he did it. He but... probably got like a really cool Pokemon card or something along the way. I don't know. Somewhere something was that like, was like worth trading their Xbox for. I think what happened was there was like someone in the school who like just had too much money than the 
didn't understand the value of things. And so oh. they're like, those are always fun sure. people to hang out with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sure, I'll take this post-it note stack and here's a, here's an Xbox controller. And then he like ended up trading and someone had like two Xboxes or something like that, but only one Xbox controller. So, so it was just weird stuff that worked out really well for him. So now he has an Xbox. Yeah. Um, so, so shout out to you, Logan. Congratulations. There you go. Getting an Xbox. That's pretty sweet. Anyway. Yeah. So um, we did fun things like that in the summer and then um, the rest of the school year, um, we pretty much had um, little like small groups. Um, so we would go to church on Saturday night. Youth group would be on Saturday night because our church did services on Saturday and on Sunday mornings. And so um, our youth service would be Saturday nights. We would do worship um, and hear a message. And then uh, we would try and all go to church together like on Sunday evenings because we also had a Sunday evening service. And like the whole youth group would sit together because, you know, nobody and the ages between like 12 and 17 wants to get up at eight o'clock in the morning to go to church. Right. <laughs> so we would all sit together on Sunday evenings and that was a lot of fun. And then Wednesday nights, we had um, basically like discipleship groups that were divided up um, between like school districts. Cause like I said, this is a really big church and grades. So you had like this school district, middle school girls, this school district, middle school boys, high school boys, high school girls. Um, and that was really awesome because you got to interact with kids not only at your school, but like your rival high school. So that was really fun when um, football season would come around, like your youth group, um, small group or whatever would basically like have not like gambling bets, but we would have bets on like, oh, whoever loses this high school football team or whatever has to pay for dinner or bring this to discipleship group or something next week. Um, like competitions with yeah, the different pretty small much. groups. Yeah, cool. which was really, really fun. So it was a good dynamic. I shout out to my youth group leader, Jesse, if you're listening to this, um, has such a huge special place in my heart. Um, never in a million years would I ever thought that I'd be helping out with life group. But when I got called back into the church here at Axe, it was one of the first things God called me to do was to help out with the teens. And I think about her on the regular basis when I have some issues with um, my middle school or high school girls. Sometimes I think about messaging her and be like, what would you say? Or how did you deal with this? Or like, was I this ridiculous when I was in middle school? And her answer usually is always yes, yes. and way worse. Yes. <laughs> and so just like, shout out to all those youth group um, people now. And if you ever were for just like having that big of an impact on our teens, um, I think it's really important. And I think for a lot of people, you do impact their lives and they think about you a lot. So, yeah. Now, Ethan, uh, I feel like... I feel like you're not gonna feel free to talk because your your youth group leaders are are here in the room with you. But <laughs> but, but be honest, uh, uh, how has your experience been? As this is a this is a different youth group than very different youth group than what Kristen just described, where yeah. it was you don't have we don't have s- small groups broken up by school district here. Um, right. So uh, how has your experience been over the last f- four years now? Um, it's been pretty positive. Well, you so let's let's talk about. We, you've got a few different experiences because yeah, you were in yeah. Tennessee beforehand. Yeah. Um, so first, talk about let's talk about your your first experience through Tennessee. How is how is that experience? Well, in Tennessee, the church was more of, was really close because everyone was homeschooling. All the kids were homeschooling, and all the families lived pretty close to each other. So we would hang out all the time outside of church, and so it was really a different feel from recent youth groups I've been in because I've been in some really big ones, and then this one is about the same size, but it's not like we're all homeschooling and we're all super close to each mm-hmm. other. A little more diverse. Yeah. So basically it was, you knew everyone in the youth group and everyone, you could talk to anybody about anything just because you were so close, you know. And you all had these same family dynamics going on yeah. that everybody kind of had a similar background and expectation of, of how you interact socially. Yeah. 
Cool, cool. Um, and, and then, so now here at Axe Church, we have some homeschool families, but mm-hmm. go ahead and talk about how, how you see this. Well, it's kind of different in the way of hanging out outside of youth group and being able to talk to them in different ways because in Tennessee, it was like, I'd be like, oh, hey, we should hang out and talk about this issue I'm having, and then we can just, you know, play around and be idiots because we're kids. You know? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so that's, well, that was 90% of what we were doing was just not hanging out. talking, just hanging out, yeah. Um, but when I come up here, it's more about talking about issues and getting through stuff and helping and supporting each other because I'm, I, was, I was not in high school, you know. You're right, I was right. in middle school and elementary school. <clears throat> So we didn't have as many issues. It would just be drama, like, oh, my friend, he said I was stupid. Yeah. And I cried. And, <laughs> yeah. A little more juvenile of, yeah. of issues happening. And now it's right. struggling with, like, actual big issues. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to be able to communicate. And right. that's what I really enjoy about this youth group is you can talk with the kids, you can talk with the leaders, and they're willing to talk to you and really just help you through what you're going through. Very cool. Yeah, Yeah, high school is definitely, I think we see high school too much as a time when you're still a youth student, but really high school is the time where you're transitioning from as a freshman, a youth student, to as a senior, you're basically an adult. You know, you're, um, whether you're 18 or not yet, will you be 18 before you graduate? Mm, I think so. Okay, so you'll you'll be, I mean, legally an adult at that point, and 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 what you do with your life, you're basically going to be making some pretty big adult decisions. So yeah, those those bigger decisions start coming up um, during this time in your life, um, almost regardless of what youth group you're in or whether you're in youth group, um, you're transitioning from your problems being, um, I don't this this friend said something mean about me, and those problems don't really go away. But you start getting bigger problems like I need uh, to be able to afford a car. I need to be <laughs> yeah. able to, um, you know, I, I'm trying to make decisions for myself. Uh, maybe my parents aren't supporting, not that this is you, but um, for some high school students, maybe my parents aren't supporting me or my parents want me to go a different direction or or my parents are supporting me, but this other thing is happening. Something else that I have um, noticed that some of our students in our youth group struggle with that I didn't really have an experience struggle with in high school or going to my church was we have a lot of um, students a part of our uh, youth groups who parents aren't believers um, and so growing up in the Bible Belt in Texas you know like everybody went to church everybody's parents you know like they loved God they quote unquote believed in Jesus and had a relationship with Jesus here it's really different because I encounter a lot of students who are asking my advice like hey my parents are doing this this and this and I don't agree with that and I think it's bad and I don't know how to handle that as a child and I'm pretty much like I don't know like you know like I don't have any experience with that and that was just a new issue that I've really learned um not necessarily how to deal with but just like it's something that I've experienced and have just really had to rely on God and through prayer for these kids and their families because you know that's something in Texas and I don't know probably in Tennessee too that you're just not used to dealing with is people whose parents aren't a believer and how they're having struggling relationships with them and the things that they're doing that their children don't approve of or are having a hard time coping with or Mm -hmm. whatever. So that's definitely a huge difference between. Right. That's actually, so yeah, it it definitely must be somewhat, at least somewhat regional because growing up in Spokane, I definitely had a lot of friends whose parents either didn't go to church or weren't believers at all um, who were coming to youth group with me and um, were, we're trying to face those same questions of, okay, so my parents don't 
sometimes it would just be my parents just don't see the value in me, you know, spending this yeah. much money to go to a, a church camp yeah. or they don't see um, value in me skipping the school event to go to youth group or, or staying up later doing my homework because I'm at youth group. And sometimes it'd be flat out the parents don't want them to come to youth group. And we had to make decisions sometimes of, well, do we like provide you with a ride to youth group, exactly. even though your parents don't want you to go. Um, and it was sometimes be sad because we would not have somebody there because their parents didn't want them to be there, even though yeah. we knew really it's probably best for you to be there. But we also have to walk that line of respecting right. the parents' right. wishes. Um, and that's, yeah, that's something that I, I don't, I've not been as involved with the youth group here as I was um, with my youth group growing up because, uh, you know, it's, it's not my main um, position here. But I have gotten to see that as I've, I'm at youth group most weeks and and get to see what those kids are going through and how they, how they deal with uh parents that don't want them here or um, don't necessarily uh, support them in coming here. And uh, it's really interesting to see, uh, really interesting and sad to see how, how students are having to go through that. But it's also really cool to be able to see um, the change that's happening in those students' yeah, lives and I how agree. they can recognize um, this is something good for my life. And mm -hmm. hopefully, um, you know, parents will see that and go, wow, my student is, is being affected by this ministry. And maybe it's something that... Uh, I should I should look into myself as well. Um, so I'll I'll tell a little bit more of, of my story growing up. I grew up in Spokane, like I said, and uh, my dad was the youth minister. He was a volunteer, so he he probably was only doing you know ten hours a week with youth ministry type things. Um, so that's probably quite a bit different from your Kristen your experience right, in in sure. Dallas because you probably had two or three people full time paid staff at that church yes, doing more youth. than that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we had interns we had pastors we had associate pastors and i think i might be wrong but i think we might have even had um i don't know if he was paid but like a a worship person for you for like you exclusively that's yeah. cool yeah. yeah see that and that was kind of more similar to some of my experiences in boise i was at a youth group where um there were probably only three people who were actually full-time paid staff but in then, boise that's where you were an intern right boise Yes, I, I, would okay. have, I was not a youth student there. I was um, helping lead the youth group. And, and that's another thing is in Boise, we had a Bible college there that was um, sending out, you know, 100 students every night to different youth groups to, yeah. to go be leaders. And so that was a very different feel um, that growing up for me in Spokane, the youth group band was the youth leading. And we'd have one or two leaders um, from the adult leaders helping us lead the band, but worship was always uh, student-led because That's so cool. we had, well, we had a very um, gifted, uh, musically gifted student group for some reason at that time. Were you in it? Yeah, yeah, that's it was, so cool. that's, that's how I got into worship was, um, I started taking guitar lessons from a lady in our church and then um, started, I think for like a whole year, I just practiced with the, with the Wednesday night youth group worship band. And then eventually I started uh, playing guitar for it. And then at the same time, I just had a lot of friends who grew, who came up to be good musicians around that same age. Um, and so we ended up just like kind of taking over the band as a, as a group of, of youths in the youth group. Yes, <laughs> yeah. youths. Um, and you know, that had its, we, we lacked some maturity in some ways. And so that kind of had its own um, downfalls, but it was also right. really cool to be able to, I mean, we did like benefit concerts and things like That's that. That's so awesome. Um, which was a really good experience for me um, and definitely kind of changed how I 
how I developed as a, eventually became a worship leader. I had not really planned on being a worship leader at that time, but I obviously became one. Um, and so, yeah, it was very much smaller than, than what you're talking about in Dallas. Um, and what I was experiencing in Boise, Boise, I think feels a lot more like the South, Mm -hmm. um, a different culture in general, but much more churched than, than you see here. Yeah. In Boise, there were probably within a, within a 20 minute drive of where I lived in Boise, there were probably eight or nine churches with more than 2000 people. Yeah. And that's how it was where I was too. Right. And here I can think of, I can think of three churches that are probably about that size here in Vancouver. Yeah. And the entire area. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more people here than there are in Boise. So, um, just a very different, uh, dynamic when you, you, are almost expected to have students in your youth group. Whereas here you kind of have to change people's minds about what your Mm -hmm. students should be doing on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. So Kristen, you mentioned um, a a little bit ago, you you had some summer experiences and we are heading into summer. We just had most of our students had their last week or last day of school within the last week or so, um, including Ethan here. He's on his summer break now, which... He started off with a, a, a bike trip, which I don't... Do, yeah, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to share that story? <laughs> sure. Let's hear the details. Well, that way, everybody who listens to that will know the story, and you won't have to, like, retell them about it. So that's, exactly. that's a pro. If yeah. someone asks, like, what happened to your face, you can just plug the podcast <laughs> and be like, like listen, yo, yeah. go listen, and I won't have to explain it. Yeah. Well, no one can see my face right now. <laughs> oh, we're, we're filming this. You don't see the cameras, but we're filming this. We're oh, not. Oh, no, really? we're not. We're not. <laughs> it's funny, though, because not long before this, I had thought, like, oh, maybe we should start filming Ooh. these and, and putting them on YouTube. It might happen. Not a fan. Comment below whether or not you want to see these films. All right. Anyway, uh, so go ahead, Ethan. What, what, what happened? So uh, I was biking two days ago. On and Sunday. It was on Sunday after church. Yeah, it church. was on yeah. Sunday after church. And uh, my mom basically dropped me off, and she tried to get into her school, but then they revoked her pass, and she Ooh, was kind of mad about it. Sad day. Oh, That's beside the point. Um, so she left me instead of staying at the school which would have been really nice if she would have stayed at the school. And uh, basically, she was like, be safe. Let's meet at this trail and take the dogs, and we're going to take them on this trail, and then we're going to, you know, whatever, exercise. Meet back up. And I was like, all right, cool. So if you've ever been to the Lacamas Trails, it's like there's a main gravel path, and then there's these dirt paths that, like, offshoot from Mm -hmm. it. And I was on one called Red Tape, and there was just this patch of rocks and roots, which I've been over lots of times. And I really wasn't paying much attention. I had headphones in for the first time I'd ever ridden on a mountain trail with headphones in. And I was like, all right, I got to get the right music for this. So I put on some like, yeah, (laughs) the tunes. Yeah. So I turn on some like intense music, um, music, and this is the first obstacle. And I'm at the top of the hill looking at this and I'm like, all right, we're going to get through this and we're going to do this really fast (laughs) and it's going to be awesome. So I turn on some music and then I just blast down this hill and instead of going over it, my body kind of goes forward into the handlebars. I flip over and I just slam my face on the ground. I didn't even expect it. I, this is a little gross, but instantly it was like I was bleeding a lot. Yeah. And that's, I'm not used to that. Yeah. I'm not used to getting hurt on my face or bleeding from my face. <laughs> I was instantly bleeding. This is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is so ironic. The first time I'm out of bike class and I go on this trail, I get hurt. <laughs> Were you by yourself? Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, that's so scary. Yeah, I was by <sighs> myself. So I sat down for about 30 seconds, just like groaning and 
<laughs> muttering stuff. <laughs> and uh, then I call my mom and I'm like, uh, I'm really hurt right now. <laughs> I don't want to move because I'm, I'm in so much pain. And oh no. She was like, where are you? Can I drive to get you? And I'm like, no. Um, you're going to have to hike out. I was like, well... I don't think you're going to be able to hike out, take my bike, and, like, carry me. So I'm just going to have to get out of here. So What a trooper, man. Meet Ugh. up at the Catholic Church, basically. And she's like, okay. Um, and basically what happened was I had to turn around and head a different way because red tape's a really hard trail. And basically I passed a lot of people. <laughs> they would always look at me funny. And I was they just wouldn't like. They didn't even ask for help. No. Rude. Oh, man. They just kind of glanced at me and were like, oh, oh something's wrong with you. And dude, no, you guys can't see it, but his face is like ripped up. <laughs> like he's got sores, not on the side of his face. It's literally just the front of his face, like his nose and his lip and his chin. Like it's torn up, you guys. Yep. Like if I saw somebody bleeding from their face, like with the face that you look like right, <laughs> right now, yeah. I would help. Like that's awful. Yeah. You don't look like, oh. He Maybe just like you got a paper cutter. Right, like no, that. like you look yeah. like I'm surprised you didn't break your nose school. or get a concussion. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have black eyes either. Yeah, was, that's surprising. Yeah, that's another thing. I was so lucky. So my nose and my teeth took the brunt of the impact. Oh. So like you're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my nose, I guess it folded sideways because it didn't break at all. Oof. It's that, fine. That's no good. Fractures, that nothing. Good. And then my teeth might be fine. Yeah. One of my uh, teeth. One of my front teeth uh is a little bent Ooh. and it got a little fra- hairline fracture in it sideways Ow. and i might need the root canal or i might be fine so Ooh. we'll Ugh. just hold the tell. dice yeah Ugh. it's a good way to start your summer that's yeah some yes. positive vibes yes <laughs> yeah that's and you know that's growing up i remember summers was always a time when i had a lot more uh injuries and a lot more fun you yeah know? yeah um you might have had a little more injuries than fun this time but <laughs> you know it balances out in the end usually yeah. um so, yeah, uh, Kristen, you had, um, what else did you do in the summers? Because uh, I think summer for me was always uh, an intense time for youth group. Yeah, yeah. Summer definitely at my church picked up um, the youth group activities for sure. Um, both of my parents worked, so they tried to get me as involved as possible in youth groups. Out and, of the house. Um, yeah, out of the house. <laughs> so actually, my mom mentored um, a lot of college age students when I was in middle school and high school. So she would always like kind of hand me off to them and be like, I'll pay you gas money if you take her and get her to do as many things as possible. Mm-hmm. So one summer, me and this um, 20-year-old girl, we went to an old folks home and played bingo, and I have a little bit of PTSD from that. I literally got cussed out by this elderly person for trying to help them play bingo. It was really bad, and I've been, yeah, that's, like, scarred me for life. Um, So they would take me to do stuff like that. They would take me to, like, concerts. Um, They would just, you know, hang out and go swimming with me. Um, Our youth group would um, do basically this big summer mission trip where we would go um, to downtown Dallas, um, this place called South Dallas, which is a pretty rough part of Dallas, Um, A lot of gang violence, prostitution rings, a lot of homeless people. Um, And, of course, we didn't, like, get involved in, like, the drug gang banging and whatever. (laughs) What we would do, basically, is we would go help this church, and we would put on a VBS for this church that would basically Mm. open up their church um, for kids who um, couldn't afford lunches during school. So they would have this, basically, like, daycare program at their church, and we would put on a VBS, and we would feed them lunches. We would also do some stuff with the homeless. Um, And um, the elderly people who went to this church, we would go to these elderly people's houses and do, like, yard work for them or, like, Mm -hmm. paint their houses. 
classes. And so we literally spent like seven days in downtown Dallas putting on a BBS, um, going to food shelters, you know, doing yard work, helping people paint their houses, basically doing service projects. And that was um, really, really, really enjoyable. Those are some of my favorite memories that I did with um, youth camp, um, just being hanging out with the kids there and um, feeding the homeless. Um, our church also did a church-wide um, program called Transform. And since we had such a big church um, at this point, we're multi, basically like a multi-site church. So we had sites in um, three different locations. And so these three different locations would gather um, service projects pertaining to the schools and their community, and we would go out and basically and work on schools, whether that was cleaning the schools, um, putting up playground equipment, um, painting the schools. It would be a whole church-wide thing that would happen on like a Saturday, and the whole church would go out to whatever school that their their um, church site was located to, and you would go and you would help you know, build up this school and spend time and um, with the kids because they would also the kids at school with the they would invite the kids of the community to come like be a part to make their school better, um, and so we had a lot of service projects going on in Dallas in the summer, which is just brutal because it's like 107 yeah. and like it's hot. Um, you, I remember for my youth group when we would go to South Dallas, I remember this one day where we were outside working on this person's lawn and painting their house, and then we went to the zoo after or the aquarium or something something outside, and I. Ended up having a heat stroke that evening and like passing out on the concrete because I got so hot like never sweat so much in my entire life but it was so rewarding and it was so fun so summer and youth group have some of my favorite favorite memories tied to it for sure you had a little bit of heat stroke but you had some fun Uh, right I had way more fun and I gave back (laughs) to the community so it all cancels out it's fine yeah yeah. very (laughs) cool um how I'm so that you obviously did some cool work for the community how do you think that that changed the path of your life do you think that that played a significant impact on on what you decided to do um after your your youth years I know that it so much was significant after but it was really significant in the time I mean I mean it could surely have played a part in what I do now you don't think that it affects how you view um ministry and things like that today I think it I think it does uh, but I don't think I knew that then. What I knew then was we right. came, I, I grew up in a pretty like affluent neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so going to those parts of the neighborhoods and giving back just really made you appreciate where you came from. And mm-hmm. that's something that I remember talking about with the girls that I was close to in high school and in middle school. And um, something we would talk about in our small groups when we came back of just like how life changing these experiences are because you realize like how fortunate you are. And you have some perspective. I think, exactly. And I think, I mean, that definitely affects you, I guess, for the rest of your life. Um, But it also, you know, I guess to go back to the ministry question, it just, it reminds me that um, there's ministry to be done everywhere and there's acts of service that you can do anywhere for anyone. And it doesn't matter if you're affluent or not. um, There's always people who are in need and there's always ways to serve and get connected and plugged into your community. And so... Because even though you're from an affluent neighborhood, usually you as kids didn't probably have money. But what you did have was a right. summer full of time, right? Right. And, right. And, exactly. And and usually good, usually kids your age have good health, so you had your time and your health exactly. to to pour out to these people and and exactly and help them that way. Very cool. Um, I'll I'll share a little bit about my growing up summers because well, f- first off, I'll say. I think I like summer more than anyone I know likes summer. I think, like, <laughs> I more strongly prefer the season of summer than well, it's anybody. because you grew up in the Northwest. That's part of it. Definitely is. Yeah. Um, the the Northwest winters and, and springs and falls can can be uh, particularly brutal. But I've just always loved, if it's, if it's 
under 80 degrees. I'm a little disappointed with the, <laughs> with the temperature. I love it when and and people always be like, oh no, it's gonna be 100 degrees. And I'd always be like, yeah, it's gonna be 100 oh my degrees. Gosh, that's Bring crazy it on. To me. I just I love and you know of course I sometimes I go, oh, what did I wish for? Because I go out and try to. You know, ride my bike or and something have like a heat that, and, yeah, and, and just about, just about have a heat stroke, um, and so you know, I but I would still rather be in having a heat stroke than be freezing cold. That's so, fair. Um, so first off, I just love summer, regardless of of what I would do as a youth group student. But our youth group would always, of course, have our camps during the summer. Mm-hmm. And even before I was a youth student, I was always around the church enough to see all of the the middle school and high school students getting ready for these camps and and doing cool events. And that was always just a very exciting time for me. Um, and my youth group, we would go to um, a a camp or um, something called CIY Move. Um, if you've heard of that, it's Christ in Youth, um, and it was this youth conference that we would go to um, in Corvallis, Oregon. They they did. I think they do something like 25 of these conferences during the summer, which so several weeks they have two of them going on the same week and stuff like that. Um, And, and so ours was in Corvallis, Oregon. That was the closest one to us, um, which was, you know, it was a pretty good drive for us, but it was so much fun getting on the road with your friends and getting to experience life. Um, For them, it was away from their parents. For me, it was still with my parents there, but (laughs) it was a little bit different. You know, my parents weren't acting as much like parents and more like, like, uh, youth leaders at that point. And so, um, really cool time to just go be out in the world with my friends. And, um, you know, it kind of puts you in some situations where you have to make more adult like decisions. You know, I have this much money for this week. Mm-hmm. My parents give me this much money for this week. And some of my friends would go spend the $40 their parents gave them on, uh, playing cards, something like that, you know, <laughs> like, uh, Pokemon cards, something like that the first day. And they'd get to the next stop and they'd be like, all right, it's lunchtime. And they had realized that they I had have no money. I have two dollars and fifty cents <laughs> to make last for all my lunches. For, oh. I, this happened every year, at least with one freshman. Oh my one gosh, freshman yes. every year would do something like this, and it was always really hilarious to watch. And did obviously have to start bumming money eventually, but right. Um, so you know, you you start to to see those consequences play out just because you're not in the home anymore. But also, those camps were always so impactful. So um, they'd have you know, they'd have really cool worship experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but also just the sheer size of the worship experience. You're, you're Massive, there with so many yeah. people, you know, I don't know how many people we usually had at this one. I think it was probably like 300 students usually at this, uh, conference. And so you're in this, you're used to worshiping, you know, with your 25, at least right. my youth group was about 25 youth, um, friends. And then you go into this, this auditorium with 300 people and you're worshiping there with them. And it's just a whole, different experience, a whole, um, new way of, of seeing worship, um, being done in, in the world. And those weeks were definitely some of the most formative for me. I think they were ones that really challenged me to go deeper in my faith and to, um, I I think ultimately they led me to consider ministry with my life, um, doing it vocationally. Um, and so I loved, you know, and even we had a fundraiser for these events. And so it was, um, a way to get out in the community and, and, um, raise some money for this event. And usually I didn't have to raise money cause my parents were going to pay for me, but I was still doing these fundraiser events with my friends who were raising money for it. 
And it was always just really good experience to bond with them and to interact with the community and, and be able to in Spokane is, I would say, more churched than than the Vancouver area, the Portland, Vancouver area, but less church than Boise. Um, and so, you know, you're people know that you're a church organization. So how do you interact with people? How do you deal mm-hmm. with people who are kind of um, opposed to to Christ or Christians? Um, and how do you um, still treat them well? And how do you be a, a good representation of Christ to the world? Um, it was very, um, I don't think we didn't have like the biggest program programming of, of youth group. It wasn't like we were doing big budget stuff all the time. We definitely, I mean, our, our, our band was the youth group. And so whatever, whatever we put into it is what we would get out of worship, which was another valuable lesson is, um, is, you know, putting work into worship so that it's, yeah. it's rewarding and it's honoring to God. Um, so th- that was something that I, I gained a lot out of youth group. Ethan, you were, we, we were just talking a little bit ago and you haven't been to as many camps, mm-hmm. but how do you, how do you view, um, well, let's open up even outside of youth group. How do you view your summers um, at this time in your life? At this time, it's really just more relaxing and just taking a break and mm-hmm. just slowing everything down and just being like, ah, for yeah. a couple of weeks at least. And yes. then I kind of get back into the flow. But right when it starts, I tend to melt yes. out a bit. Yeah. Decompressing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yes. High school so stressful. <laughs> yes. I'll say, you know, I remember... I remember being in high school and adults would be like, oh, you've got it so much easier now than you're ever going to have it in your life. And I would be, you know, stressing through <laughs> through yeah. high school classes and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't take any more than this. But it's it's definitely a different type of stress once you get um, into the adult world. Something about high school is just um, you need you need that decompression time, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. sure. And I think as you get older, you also um, learn to decompress on a daily basis, whereas in high school, I think you don't get to decompress until you get a bigger spot of time. But yeah, um, so that's that's your summers right now. Is you're you're kind of decompressing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is the most valuable th- thing about summer for you? You had all this free time. Um, obviously, decompression is is very valuable and and relaxing and and recuperating from from the spring semester is always. Um, valuable what what's another thing that you'd say is valuable about your summers just having so much time to really you know explore different things and mm-hmm. re um evaluate certain things right and to it's basically temper. find where i'm gonna put my time what's the most important thing i need to be putting my time in because mm-hmm. i've got so much now because mm-hmm. with school it's like this is what you need to put your time into is school right right and then you have this barely any time and it's like oh okay well i guess i can spend some of that time to relax and then a little bit of time on some other important stuff and then go to sleep do it again yep yeah but summer it's just like i've got all this time i really need to find out what's important to me and what i need to find important that's good i I think that's something that that a lot of students don't necessarily do and could and yeah (laughs) i i think i might have had some of that, but you know, not nearly as not. much. Cause like by the time I was in high school, I kind of had walked away from the church just because one of the differences I feel like, um, here and then in Dallas is like I was talking about earlier, like church is very much a cultural thing and everybody's involved in it. So by the time that I got to high school, I felt like 
the girls that I was walking with and the girls that were in my small groups, like I had all these relationships with them. And then in high school, everything changed mm-hmm. and they started becoming hypocrites. And, you know, they would go out and drink and party and whatever and then come to church the next day or come to church talking about their drinking party, drinking <laughs> parties. And that just bothered me. Like, I'm either an all or nothing person. And so I pretty much got fed up with the hypocrisy and said, you know, I want to do what I want to do and I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it and I'm not going to sit in church and pretend like I'm doing anything different. So I pretty much walked away from the church in high school and did the opposite of finding things that were important to spend my time on and did absolutely nothing with my life. I stopped giving back to the community. I pretty much sat around and played video games all day. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I hung out with my friends and had fun, but at the end of the day, like, was it meaningful? Did I give back? Like, like was I growing as a person? No, I was making a lot of mistakes that made me grow as a person, but not (laughs) doing it in a good way, you know? Yeah. 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 So it sounds like Ethan, you're you're kind of looking at the the bigger scheme of things. You're you see this time as something that's not gonna be there forever. Yeah. You're not always gonna have these summers. Um and and eventually you're going to have to um you're gonna have to know what you wanna do with your time. You're not gonna have time to think about what you wanna do with your time. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think that's really cool that you're taking the time to it's a reflection process, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're reflecting on and you have but you have the time to kind of go, okay, I'm gonna spend today working on uh, I'm gonna go biking. Well, that <laughs> won't do that again. Just kidding. I'm sure they'll get back out there. Um, but you know, you you get a chance to try out these things during the summer um, that you don't really get the time to during school because you have these things that you have to, you have to learn your math and you have to learn your English and you have to do all these types of things. Um, you're just you're grinding through all that. And you don't really get the chance to look and see the scope of life that you do. Like you get to do that in the summer. That's awesome. I like that. I'm going to try and do that, even though I still have to work this summer. Um, right? Now that I like have a job, I'm like, I feel like everything picks up in the summer. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, it's already July and I have so much to do and all of this is happening. And yes. wow, yeah, what is it? What's summer? This is my first Just summer really <laughs> that I didn't get, like every summer up until this summer has been like, oh, I'm ending school. Like right. May, June comes around. It's like, oh, I can feel the end of school coming. This, I I feel like it should still be like May or June right now because I haven't had that release right, that of release. school yep. ending, um, which, you know, it makes time fly by. Um, but that, that was a nice time of like, ah, last day of school. Right. I can like, breathe. Right. Something to look forward to, like a break and like a release. Yep. Yeah, yep. for sure. You don't get those measurements once you're out of school. No, yeah. you don't. But very cool that you get to do that. Um, did you get, let's talk more about youth group now, Ethan. Um, both in Tennessee and here. You, so you went to camp last summer with our church. Yeah. Axe Church, right? Um, how did you see that experience? Was it like a... Was it like a deeply impacting time or was it like a good time with friends to bond or how, how was that camp? I hear good things about it, but I was not here for it. It was really a good mix of both because I had some friends that I hadn't talked to in a long time that mm-hmm. came and I didn't even know a lot of the kids there. All right. So the thing is, when I first joined, I was very awkward and <laughs> I didn't make a lot of friends. I made like one friend and I was well, like, Well, you're okay, generally I'm a quieter guy. He's definitely yeah. come out of his shell though this past year for sure, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying my best. <laughs> you're, you're doing good. You're doing good, kid. You're on a podcast. You now. are. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Besides the glaring scratch on your face, <laughs> look at you. Well, no one's actually looking at you right now well, either. So I'm just saying. That's a Thank good thing. Listen to you. Listen to you, <laughs> girl. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was good. Um, so one of the main things about that camp was 
really getting on my shell and talking to people and hearing their experiences in life. And that's kind of hard to do when you're a kid because they don't have as many experiences in life. So it's mm-hmm. like, how was your day? And they're like, it was good. And you're like, okay. The end. <laughs> good talk. Yeah. I hate school. The end. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have that in common. <laughs> but this was a time for me to actually bond, hang out and bond with them and with God, because it was really an eye opener, um, hanging out with all those kids and seeing all these kids get saved and hearing Glenn talk. Yeah, that and was really cool. it was just really an eye opener to certain aspects of life that I needed to change my thinking about and change emotionally and mentally about. Right. And it was cool. Um, at the end when we had that, we had a fire pit and we were all worshiping. It was just like a that was really real, cool. yeah, it was like a real connection. Just just see all these kids worshiping their hearts out. It was just really cool. Very awesome. Because a lot of these kids were very secular. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to them, they never talked about anything about God or anything like that. They were that. coming to camp to have fun. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And because I hadn't seen them at youth group, but when camp comes around, now they're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to see them actually worshiping, because normally they would just kind of sit there awkwardly and like look around. But to see them really putting some effort into worship was just awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think Seeing it's a good experience. make that connection. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I think I remember... A little bit younger than you, I had a, my first camp, well, my first camp experience was a, it wasn't a church camp. It was like a YMCA camp that I went to. Um, And that was really cool and all, but it wasn't my next year of camp, partly because I think my brain had matured a little bit just biologically, you know, you're a little bit older. Um, I had crossed a threshold of maturity and, um, but I think that I went to a week of camp where my parents actually weren't there and, um, it was a church camp and there were lots of, of ministers and people like that there and really God centered youth leaders who I'm friends with to this day, um, from that one week of camp. And it really just, I remember leaving that camp being like, I see my life in a whole different light. Now it was like, hmm. um, a, it was a very sudden, like taking me from being feeling like a child to feeling like, I was becoming an adult, yeah. you know, all in, and I was still pretty young. I think I was 12 at the time going on. I was, right. I right. was, yeah, you can't do that with 12. Sorry. You can't do the song that, oh, that yeah. I'm, I am no. 12 going on 13. That doesn't work. It doesn't no. work. <clears throat> but I was, uh, yeah, I think I was just 12 going on 13. And, um, as a little, you know, I twerpy middle school kid, <laughs> no offense to middle school kids. I like, them. um, but you know, I was, now. I was just like a, <laughs> I was a funny little kid and all of a sudden I was considering how God wanted to use me in my life. And I was, I was, I remember just thinking about like planning what I wanted to do with my fall and like with my rest of my summer, I was like, Whoa, I have like, it was all of a sudden I found this purpose. I wasn't just going Mm -hmm. through whatever was in front of me. Um, and it was a really impactful time, um, really changed. I mean, really that was when I decided that I wanted to be in, um, ministry with my life. I didn't really know what that meant. I don't think I really, I thought it meant that I got to hang out with kids at camp all summer every year, which I did do one summer. Um, but obviously I found out later on that ministry was meant a lot more than (laughs) having fun at camp and, and changing kids' lives. But that is fortunately one part of, of ministry that, that happens. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I think that one experience probably set me up to love summer. Um, so much from then on out. Yeah. Um, cause that was when, yeah, a lot of my life change happened during the summer, I think because I had the time to reflect, um, and, and be out of, 
of a daily grind to to do what I was told to do, and I had to the time to decide what I wanted to do with my time. Yeah, and I played yeah. a lot of video games and probably wasted a lot of time oh. that I could have done. It's a very important stage. In it is. The it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, very important. <laughs> up until the video games got developed, people have really been missing out on a lot. You know, people never had full lives until video games came around. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. For me, church camp. We not only did those service projects and stuff in the summer, um, we did we did big like CIY things like you called it, but it wasn't that. We would basically um, drive to um, the beach because we're you know on the Gulf Coast, so we would drive to Alabama or to South Padre Island in Texas, and we would have these ginormous, and I mean they were huge like camp retreats where just hundreds of churches would get together, and I'm like telling you, we're sitting in an auditorium with like thousands of other students. Yeah. And, they, you would get what you called like a camp high, you know, right, like right. that really high, um, spiritual experience that some people don't think lasts longer than the week or like mm-hmm. the month that you have it. But for me, looking back on it, those camp experiences just really proved and provided, um, just proved to me that God was real and God did exist, you mm-hmm. know? So even when I walked away from the church in high school, like I, I knew that my soul was hungry and it was thirsty for something that I had experienced then, right, you know, right. for that, um, for either whether that was service or for that worship time or whatever that camp or youth group experiences was, those those experiences were proof in times that I felt like God didn't exist and it wasn't real and he wasn't there. You know, those were always in the back of my mind of like, no, like this is a real thing and it's something that you need, you know? And, um, and so although some people think that like, you know, camp highs don't last longer than the week or the month, I, I would just disagree and say that those camp highs and those camp experiences of service and um, worshiping with other believers and just learning about Christ really did in the long run provide like proof that he is real and that he does exist and that he can work, you know? Um, and ultimately like, that's what led me back to, to, to God was I felt empty and I, I knew that he was the only thing that could fulfill me. And I felt so fulfilled spiritually, um, in those times of going to camp and, you know, serving with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I knew that that's what was lacking in my life. So, um, shout out to all the people running yeah. youth camps and summer camps. And, you know, if you're not involved in a youth group or if you haven't been one, like try and go to one. And they're, they really are life changing, not only for that week, but I think that they have a really lasting impact on your life. Yeah. I think, and I think part of the reason why they're so life changing is because they are a time where it's just you and, uh, the, the, it's a time that whether you meant to do it or not, the people who are in charge of this event have set it aside for God and mm-hmm. for him only. And so um, a lot of times, you know, you can't have your phone out at these events right. or you, um, you don't have a TV. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have a TV. You don't have, you don't have all these influences that you're used to um, in life that um, are so distracting. Sometimes are ne- some of them are necessary, like yeah. things like school, like you don't right. have school there. You don't have um, things like that, but they're, those are necessary things, but you can set them aside for a week and be available to God. And whether you realize that that's happening or not, you are, you're just, you're filling yourself with, with God's spirit during that week. And yeah, I think that there's, I think there's some fair criticism of those oh, um, sure. camp experiences. And I think some camps, um, err on the side of just trying to give students a really intense, um, experience. And it's, it's more like emotional manipulation than it is yeah, true yeah, life change. So, so there's, there's definitely, um, uh, a bad side to there, there can be a there bad side be. to camps um or and that that probably has to do with the camp and it probably has to do with the the student's heart but 
at least um, I, I, you can't throw out the don't throw out the baby with the bathwater because um, they have been such instrumental things. At least in my life, I can speak personally in my life yeah. that they were it, kind of the same thing we're talking about. Is I might be in the middle of a really tough jury semester of school and all my friends don't care about God and I'm questioning if I care about God but I can look back at that summer experience and say no there's something real there there's something um, life-changing there and it's worth hanging on to Mm -hmm. beyond this dreary Monday morning at school you know Um, and those those are really cool things to be able to look back on it and I think I had to learn that I'm going to have a quote unquote camp high. Um, I'm going to feel really awesome because I am setting aside all these distractions. Right. Um, there's going to be really good speaking. There's going to be really good worship uh, times. There's going to be really um, open and honest small group discussions, things like that. But if I can, if I can rec- once I, you know, my first camp, it was like, this is amazing. And then I, it, there's also the, the camp high crash afterwards yeah. where you're like, I hate everything because I'm not at camp. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I would go through that and I'd be like, well, maybe maybe I did something wrong at camp that is not lasting now. But then when I started realizing that, no, that's just, this is a special place, this is a special time where I am devoting myself to God. And sometimes I wouldn't get a camp high. Sometimes it would just be an encouraging time of seeing my friends right. um, encounter the Lord. And I would just kind of be there along for the ride because for whatever reason, it's just not speaking to me that week. Um, I had some of those those summers of camp where it was like, okay, I don't really feel like God is doing anything massive in my life right now, but it's still just great to be able to be there with my friends who are um, experiencing God either for the first time or, or in a new way or something like that. Um, But being able to get that perspective and say, okay, this is a time where I am going to be um, more emotional because I'm getting less sleep and I'm hearing lots of um, powerful things. Um, and I'm going, but I am going to get something out of this and I'm going to be able to look back at this as a time when I was closer to God than any other time in my life, um, probably is, is a good way I think to look at camps. What about you, Ethan? Ever experienced a camp high or just like a really spiritual high? Um, both. Um, yeah. I've definitely had, from the one camp I went to, I did get a camp high from it. Yeah. And I already kind of talked about how like I was, mm-hmm. I thought it was really so, cool. Especially that, that, that picture, that moment of the campfire worship, you know, yeah. I, I have so many of those as well, where it was just, I just felt so connected to God and I saw everybody else feeling so connected mm-hmm. to God. Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically sums up, that basically sums up when I got my camp high it was really towards the end after uh-huh. hanging out with all these guys running around, exhausting myself. Yeah. But then going to worship and worshiping with all these people, it was like, you know, it was like a high. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was right. like a camp high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's really the only camp I've been to. Mm-hmm. But I've had spiritual highs throughout my life and definitely spiritual lows. But um, yeah. mm-hmm. I've had plenty of highs. Like one of the things when I joined the worship team, I kind of had like a spiritual high, like, oh, like, oh I'm this doing awesome. this great thing, you know. Uh-huh. And I realized later I probably should have been thinking more about God and <laughs> instead of just how I'm like this awesome guy yeah, yeah. doing all this stuff, you know? Uh, so yeah, just stuff like that. Um, I've definitely had experiences like that. And then would you say you also like kind of like after this last summer's camp, did you like kind of have like a crash or like a, how, how did that, did it ever feel like questioning whether it was real or did it, was it just more like, 
What was it? Did you ever have that? Not experience? really questioning if it was real, just reminiscing and being like, that was, it, like, it was a happier that time. Yeah, that yeah. That was nice. I, <laughs> yes, yes. Looking back and going like, ah, uh, things were better back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, can relate to that that feeling. And so I think that's, I don't know if that like needs to come from like youth leaders, like, like hey, this is going to be an, an awesome time. Don't let don't let your memory of it like sour like I, that's what I think I did a lot of times was I was like this is lame now I want to go back then but really no it's just a different time now and I have different yeah. um, problems facing me and I'm more mature now and I um, less naive I guess a little bit I would say and and um, look back at those things with fondness and appreciate them and, and grow from them but don't um think that everything in life is going to be like that. Oh, yeah. for that sure. No, you'll be in a, yeah. rude for, a rude awakening for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it's supposed to be a camp high. Yeah. Yes. So, Ethan, I, let's close with this question because uh, I don't have time to have me and Kristen answer it as well. Um, and we're not. Chris and I are not young people anymore. We are. Uh, squeeze me. We are over the hill. <laughs> Oldies. We are <laughs> so old at 23. I did actually last night, like, really hurt my back by like bending oh, down and yeah, cleaning yeah. out the refrigerator and I was like what is happening to me you know I hear you say a lot that I I feel so old when I, I hear this song well, I so, do or like, like when we were talking about <laughs> Space Jam earlier and you're like I don't know what Space Jam is and I was like what that made me feel I am old. so old yeah anyway. it's it's times are changing times are changing <laughs> but so uh, Ethan since you are both young and mature a believer and wise well <laughs> not really <laughs> Okay. Let's not get carried away with these descriptions. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, Ethan. You're, you're great. Uh, what are some blessings and difficulties that you have experienced being a young believer? And you can speak, maybe speak for your uh, other young believers that you know um, who might be in different situations of life. But um, what are bl- some blessings and difficulties uh, being as young as you are and being a b- believer? I would say blessings would be really the first time you find God and you just feel that feeling of like joyfulness. You're just like, what is this? What is mm-hmm. this feeling? Cause you're used to feeling like pleasure from like candy and like yeah. playing with your friends, but you're not used to like this good feeling that lasts because this, something deeper. Yeah. You've never gotten to that point in your life and you feel like you've unveiled this whole new world basically. Mm-hmm. And you have really, mm-hmm. and it's pretty amazing. This, this spiritual life that God has for you. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't remember much from when I was 11, even though it was like four years ago or no. 10 or 11. See, um, I am old. But I definitely remember when I was saved and I just felt this amazing feeling. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And I was like, dad, why do I feel so good right now? Yeah. And I, it was just, yeah, that's definitely a blessing. Um, just really coming to terms with God, that can be a blessing and a difficulty. Because when you're a kid, you want things your way, you know? The mm-hmm. whole universe is centered around you. Right. So, or so you believe. Yeah, exactly. So when you don't get the things you want and you actually like look into the Bible and it's like, I can't do this or this or this. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> that can be really difficult. But once you start accepting it and saying, okay, maybe I don't know everything, even though I probably what? do. I probably do. But maybe. <laughs> maybe this one thing. <gasps> maybe this one thing I don't know enough about or whatever. <laughs> Um, so you try it out and sometimes it goes good and sometimes it doesn't, but the older you get, the more you realize this is worth it. 
it might not be, you might not think it's worth it at first because the sin might feel really good and be super fun, but you know, it's, it catches up. So, um, as a kid, that's definitely a difficulty and a blessing because mm-hmm. it's more of a difficulty to really find out what's right, what's wrong and why. But it's a blessing to be finding that out as uh-huh. young as you are, because there's a lot more mm-hmm. exactly. safety nets at your age to not let you get in as much trouble as you can get in. Yeah. Um, and have the same consequence, like right. the, uh, a sin that you get stuck in when you're 15 years old, if you get stuck in that same sin at 25, there's a lot worse consequences potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, if you're 25, you shouldn't be getting into stuff like this. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Or, or it could be a lot harder to get out of because, y- yeah, you just, I don't know. Yeah, I think for mm-hmm. any sin, whether, I mean, whether it's like a really, like what we would consider like a really big sin, like, you know, um, um, getting hooked on drugs or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you have so much more, um, I think people are so much more sympathetic of you for one, uh, at that <laughs> yeah. age. Um, but there's so much more, uh, uh, time. Well, also your, your brain is much more susceptible to, I think, uh, getting addicted by those things. But uh-huh. anyway, which is a down. Yeah. We're probably, we're getting a little off track here. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> yes, at that age, it's much better to find out God's plan for your life at that for age sure. than it is to find out at 30 or something like that. And I would like say it's a bit harder because you lack the experience to know. Mm-hmm. I've definitely, even very recently, I've known this from experience that mm-hmm. you just need to trust him. I mean, right. there's no way you're going to figure out stuff on your own. You right, might think right. that you're smart and that you got a lot of stuff down. If you don't know everything, but you know, I know a lot. You yeah. might, you know, you trust a yourself lot more than God. Yeah. You you want to trust yourself more than God. Yeah, but you need to just trust God and if he says something, it's kind of like with your parents and how you need to trust them too cuz I'm mm-hmm. going to bring a story up real quick. Um Go for it. So basically we were at um Lowe's and we were buying like these concrete. It was like those slabs of wood, but it was like concrete or something like that. Oh, I think you're talking about it's like a like a concrete base at the bottom with a post coming out of it. Is that what you're talking a about? Post. It was just oh. like flat concrete. Oh, like sheets of concrete. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. And they were like in this really tall cart with like railings on it. And I was holding it and my dad said, move your hand. And I said, why? And then they just crushed my hand. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I ended up messing up my nail a little bit. Yeah. Very sad. Move your hand now. That's yeah. what you should have said. <laughs> he said, move your hand. And I said, why? <laughs> I just left my hand. Which why? is so accurate. I do that to God all the time. And then it's just like, oh, well, that's why. And sometimes it's even things where it's like, it's not like this is inconvenient for me to move my hand. Right. I'm just going to question you because that's who I am. I can. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's stuff like this with God where you need to trust him. <laughs> Such a good story. You don't want to get your hand crushed. So right? true. Yeah. Because, you know, it's better to be in the safe and trust him and find out why later yes. than ask why and then figure out the hard the way hard why. Way for right, sure. Right. Because that's definitely not worth it. No. Yes. So. Well, that's, that's awesome. Um, uh, thanks for sharing some of yeah. those things from your, from your youthful experience. Um, and I uh, hope that your your face and everything heals up. I hope that you your your tooth heals too. Yeah, that sounds like so a too. that's the really big thing. That sounds like you know your face is supposed to heal, but teeth sometimes can be it's just not fun. Is it hard for you to eat at all right now? It is. Oh, uh, that's I have to that eat sucks. like bias. <laughs> I hate anything that impedes with my ability to eat. I just. <laughs> 
I have to drink with like a straw normally. Yeah. So. Oh Bummer. no. Those I'm... bottles are fine, but I can't like drink out of a glass. Right. Yeah. It'll just like spill it all over your face because uh-huh. you can't like close your mouth. And then like I can't yeah. wipe my face off because then I'll be screaming Yo. for oh. the next hour. So you like have to. Oh, I have to dab my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for all Bummer. this. Bummer. We're not laughing at you. We're not. It's We're fine. Just... <laughs> yeah. Kristen laughed at me enough yesterday. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I know I'm a terrible person. We had a conversation with Kristen about this during our staff meeting this week about how she uh she <laughs> takes too much uh she, she's too she's too humored by people's uh, people's painful situations even, i yeah it's not even that i'm like laugh at the other people it's just the situation around it like uh, it's unfortunate i don't know why i find it funny it's you just, just you appreciate it's just funny there's always humor in these accidents there's always humor and you yeah. just especially I just find appreciate it. it i just find it and okay i'm sorry ethan but i'm gonna share that you were two-faced for halloween this past year and so Corey like painted half of his face to like look burned and scraped up and now literally that's just like kind of what he looks like and just June. the uh, humor yeah. in that just like, kills me yeah, like it just true. makes that me laugh funny. it's so funny to me i think it's good to be able to uh, laugh at yourself too when you're in yeah. pain Maybe it makes the pain go away. I don't know. For him, laughing makes it like it actually kind of like splits his wounds open on his face. Straight face chuckle. (laughs) 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 Makes it like a villain, though. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's let's wrap up with some prayer. God, thank you for uh, for our formative years of youth um, that you have given to us, that you designed in our human lives, and I just pray that we would um, make the most out of those years. or pray that we we did, you know, for for those of us who are already past that, um, I pray that you would be blessing what whatever happened in that, whether it was um, a good experience or not, um, that you would be teaching us through that. And then for those of of us who are still um, of that age of of formation and of um, youth, that you would be showing them um, what you have for them and and the truth of of your your word. And um, there's so much in this world that is trying to tell them otherwise. So I just pray that you'd put people in their lives who love them and um, want the best for them and um, know you and want to teach you to them. Um, We just thank you for for all those um, youth workers who are volunteering or who are are full-time staff at churches, um, just pursuing um, you and pursuing um, bringing youth to you, um, trying to... Um, share your word with them and and be there for them when they are going through um, sometimes the most difficult things, uh, things more difficult than, than I could have ever imagined going through as a youth. There are students who are going through so much pain and, and, and drama and crisis um, during these years that um, they don't see you because of the mess around them, but I just pray that you would be um, in their lives and that they would uh, come to know you through um, your love as, as displayed by your church and in your word. Uh, just be with us all as we go. Um, maybe there's a youth student in, in some of our listeners' lives that that they can, they can be that person that loves them. Um, I pray that you would be um, speaking into your, your church's uh, hearts, that if that's them, if they have the place to speak for that, that you would be um, doing that. And we just pray that you would uh, always be um, drawing people to you. We pray that we would be uh, available to help you do that. Praising your name. Amen. 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 
thanks so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that podcast. Hope you got to um, learn a little bit about a youthful experience. I think um, from what we can tell, mostly non-youth listen to this podcast. But if you're a youth, um, we're glad you listen. We hope that you got something out of it. We hope that you, um, if you're listening to this when we first release it, you've got a summer ahead of you. And I hope that you um, have some cool plans to, to decompress, to have some fun, um, but also to contemplate what God has for you in life. You know what? what's a good way for you to spend the summer? Um, that's always something worth worth pondering and worth considering. And uh, you've got time to do that right now. Um, in most cases, you've got the time to um, think through that. So hope you get a chance to do that. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll catch you again next week.